to echo that, I would definitely um, just encourage everyone to, especially like young girls, to reach for the stars, to go after what you're passionate about, um, and don't let anyone stand in your way. This is the O-Rise Feature Cast. Join host Michael Holtz for conversations with O-Rise experts on STEM workforce development, scientific and technical reviews, and the evaluation of radiation exposure and environmental contamination. You'll also hear from ORISE research program participants and their mentors as they talk about their experiences and how they are helping shape the future of science. Welcome to the ORISE feature cast. Good afternoon, ORISE community. We're so glad to have you back joining with our last session for this mini postdoc symposium that we're carrying on today um, and yesterday. Hope you were able to join us for all of our sessions. Um, so today, for our last session, last but not least, we are bringing you uh, the ORAS feature cast, which is basically a podcast about all things ORAS. It's going to be brought to you by Michael Holtz. And so today we're going to be interviewing, he's going to be interviewing the three winners of our ORAS Ignite Off talk that was actually hosted um, this summer. So Michael, I'll let you take it away and we'll go from there. So, well, Sherry, thank you so much for inviting me to be part of this conversation. I'm looking forward to meeting the three winners of the Ignite Off. But um, before we get started, um, talk to me about what the Ignite Off is. Um, what is it? How does it work? Because um, it seems like a pretty challenging competition for these folks. Exactly. It's not your ordinary research talk, for sure. It's definitely got a, a twist. Um, it's a great professional development opportunity for our ORISE uh, interns and postdocs. Um, it's, it is a challenging presentation where they get to uh, present their research in a five-minute segment and 20 slides, and they're advancing automatically every 15 seconds. So you've got to be on it. You've got to be knowing your stuff. You've got to be timed right. Um, but the cool thing is, like I say, it's a professional development activity, really. It gives them the opportunity to learn how to, to, to convey their science to a variety of audiences. Um, the slides are not super technical. In fact, we ask that they be more graphic-centric so that, you know, it's, it's pleasure to, to watch and that they just get to tell us in layman's terms, a lot of cases, um, what they're up to and, and why we should be interested and, and kind of a call to action for what it is that you know their interest has inspired them to do and what it might inspire the public to do. So these are called Ignite Off Talks and, and they're on fire. So Ignite Off is, is a, an appropriate term for them. For sure. And I've so I've done a presentation like this before um, in a different context, but really it worked the same way. So you have to be concise. You have to explain not necessarily quickly, but in a way that people understand quickly um, what your research is, what your project is that you're putting forward. And as you said, the slides are mostly pictures, you know, more graphic, more image focused, as opposed to, say, death by PowerPoint, you know, <laughs> that right, we're all exactly. seeing, right, in your typical meeting. Um, and yeah, because the slides move automatically, you, you know, you're out of control. You don't have the control. Exactly. Exactly. With the slides moving. So, right. Um, it's a lot of fun. And we I'm thrilled to be talking with the first, second and um, the audience choice winner, the fan favorite for 
this year's Ignite Talk competition. So yeah, Sherry, we're excited you. to hear about them. Absolutely. So Sherry, thank you for that explanation. And I'm going to bring to the stage first, um, Amanda Fise- <laughs> Amanda Finelli D'Souza, who was Easy our for you first to say. place winner, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <laughs> who was right. our first place winner of the O-Rise Ignite Talk. Amanda, welcome to Ignite Talk Live and the O-Rise Feature Cast. Hi, Michael. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, Amanda, tell me a little bit about who you are and where your um, your ORISE postdoctoral experience is, is taking place. So, my name is Amanda Finelli, as you said. Uh, I have a PhD in industrial biotechnology, and I'm currently in a postdoc position at U.S. Dave Forage Research Center uh, here in Madison, Wisconsin. Awesome. So I'm from Wisconsin. So really, <laughs> I am. Yeah, I grew up in Racine, um, about an hour and a half from Madison, and uh, love that. Love that. That's where you're posted. Um, and want to just talk a little bit about um, your presentation. Talk to me about first of all, congratulations for winning the competition. Thank you. I know. <laughs> I know <laughs> challenge. Um, and your presentation is awesome. Tell the folks. Um, who are watching and listening, what your presentation was about. So the presentation was about my research project. So we are trying to make alfalfa more digestible for dairy cows. So we are really working on improving the dairy industry. And I talked a little bit about some strategies we can use to improve the digestibility so we can have uh, high yields of high quality milk by changing cell wall components. So the cell wall was made of uh, polysaccharides and a bunch of other chemicals. And these polysaccharides, which are just uh, large molecules made of sugar units, they can be energy sources for the dairy cow. So we want to improve the digestibility so they can use up all these sugars and get the best of the nutrition that alfalfa can provide. Gotcha. Okay. So um, how, how did you come to, so I get to, I have the pleasure of talking to research participants on a regular basis. And I love asking questions like, Amanda, when did you first discover that like science was an interest for you? Where where did that come from? Was that a childhood thing? Something that, you know, happened in high school, college? I think it, it was a childhood thing. Um, as a child, I loved learning. And my parents, they really cultivated that in me. They always talked to us about the importance of education in our lives and the importance of science. And I remember that I loved reading those books for, you know, science for kids. And uh, those books would suggest experiments that we could do at home and we would do those simple experiments at home. And I loved that. And in high school, I loved uh, biology and chemistry. I remember that uh, I loved genetics and we had, uh, we did an experiment where we extracted DNA from strawberries. And I remember that I loved that. And that made me pursue a career in STEM. 
That's really cool. I love that. And your parents basically were your first mentors then. Um, Definitely, Instilling yeah. in you that love, that curiosity, that love of science. Um, talk about, you know, um, where you grew up, where you went to high school, um, your college path. You know, I know it's, you're, you're a, you've got a PhD, so you're, you've had a long track um, education-wise. Tell me a little bit about, about your path. Yeah, I grew up in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Okay. Uh, and yeah, and I went to University of Sao Paulo where I got my biochemical engineering degree and also my PhD in industrial biotechnology. And um, yeah, I think since, <laughs> since <laughs> high school, I had uh, this interest for science and yeah. Yeah, it's always been there. Um, so your parents were your first mentors. Are there other folks in your um, path that have served as great mentors for you? Um, and Definitely, helped, helped yeah. For, you know, that love of, of science and collaboration. Absolutely. I Like my high school teachers, I, I, the ones that were like looking for experiments and showing this uh, fun side of science and also the mentors I had through grad school and and the postdoc, my mentor now, uh, he 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 helps me not only with science but uh, to show the path, you know, and, the, and how help me to develop my career to also be uh, a good mentor, right? After this right. position, the idea is that I will I also get to I think in uh, science. We are mentees and mentors several in several times. You know, we change roles, and right. I think he's also helping me to to teach and mentor people after this position. So he's setting you up to be basically giving you the opportunity to share what you know, who you are, with with other up-and-coming scientists as, as they progress. Um, how do you feel about that? How do you, uh, what's your sense of, of how you feel about um, being a mentor to someone else at this point? I think that's great. Uh, I love teaching new students when they come to our lab. You know, when I was a PhD student too, I love showing, you know, telling them a little bit about my experience or um because when we start we obviously don't know everything right you're learning it's a learning process and it can be overwhelming when we start a new position when we start in the lab you know a new techniques and i love showing them you know no one we are all like this when we start (laughs) that's normal we don't know like it's normal to make a mistake when you're you know, doing an experiment when you're first, we're doing it for the first time, that that's completely normal. And I love showing them this, like, and, and some tips, you know, yeah, I also did that when I did it for the first time, but if you do it that way, it's going to be easier. But I, I love giving random tips to students <laughs> in <laughs> the lab, love you know. <laughs> I love, that. love that. Um, And, you know, I know science is a collaborative you know, art, basically. Um, talk about what it's like collaborating with 
scientists who maybe, you know, they're not researching exactly what you're working on, but they're, you know, you're working, researching together, you know, sort of toward those same goals. Yeah, I think science is becoming more collaborative, like um, now, especially, I think with technology, it's easier to collaborate with people from different countries, I guess. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm here and I'm from Brazil, but there are so many people from different countries here too. And you can easily connect to people through the internet, like they're different and they're other. That are you know doing research in other topics it's just it technology has made it so much easier and i think uh i i like doing collaborative science and i think my degree was very broad i've always been like my degree is like biotechnology and biochemistry but since it's broad I was able to be in touch with people from different areas, like chemistry, biology, plant, uh, engineering. And so I think that helped me to do collaborative science. I, I like talking to other people. Gotcha. Um, that makes perfect sense. So, um, I want to ask about challenges because you're, you know, you're from Brazil, you're in Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> as a as a former Wisconsinite, you know, I I know that culture. Um, so you're, you know, you're in a different world. Have there been challenges that you've had to overcome? Just, you know, not necessarily Wisconsin per se, but being in America as you know, coming from Brazil and being in the United States and and being a researcher here and getting used to, you know, a different, a different culture, that sort of thing. Have there been challenges for you there? Yeah, definitely. Uh, winter was a challenge <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Some power right. where I come from, I never gets that cold. Right. So my first winter here, I was I didn't know what to do. Like I didn't know what to expect, but it ended up being a lot of fun. I saw snow for the first time. Mm. Uh, I ended up getting used to it, and I think I'm very grateful for the people I met here. They right. always they've made me feel very welcome, and also gave me tips about how to dress in winter time. <laughs> <laughs> And I think I'm very grateful, really, for the people I met here because I think they helped a lot. Um, they helped me a lot to overcome those cultural challenges. Awesome. So what would you say, um, Amanda, to a student who may be following your foot footsteps, maybe interested in um, being a researcher for the USDA? Um, what, what advice would you give to an up-and-coming scientist? I think stay curious and open to learn. You never, you would always, you're always learning. I think I'll never, you, in science, you never reach a point where you know everything. <laughs> so even if it's something you were, you know, it's an experiment you're, you've already learned how to do, keep your mind open. You know, you, I think I learned, I learned a lot from other people in the lab 
even something that I do every day, sometimes I see someone doing it in a different way and then mm. I learn something new. But if you stay, if you stay too much focused on your own thing and do not look in your surroundings, you miss opportunities uh, learning and moving forward. Okay. So talk to people in your lab, in your environment, and seek advice from people who are, you know, a little bit ahead of you. And so you that's how I think you move forward in science, keep by keeping an open mind to learn. I love that answer. Um, Amanda, are there um, particular successes that you've had that you might want to point to? Um, you know, you, you won the Ignite off. So you know, <laughs> are, there, are there other um, successes or, or even like aha moments where you were like, oh, this is amazing? Well, I think I have many aha moments in the lab when, <laughs> when things work. I guess to me at least, like when it so I'm doing these experiments to uh, manipulate genes in alfalfa. So it seems straightforward. Like I do this technique expecting it to work. But every time that I see the result, like, oh, it's a science, it's really all working, it's doing what it's supposed to. To me, it's an aha moment. Like, oh, wow, <laughs> that's really. A success, and I think I have several of these small successes throughout uh, my my project here, and now also publishing and getting, uh, you know, communicating science, uh, both as paper or as the ignite off talk. These are also successes, I think. Awesome. That's great. Um, Amanda, thank you for the last few minutes. I would like you to stick around because um, after I've talked to Samaria and um, Maddie, I'd love to have the three of you on um, at the end for just maybe some round robin, interesting, fun questions. So thank you. Uh, thank stick you. around for a minute. And um, yeah. Samaria Estrella, if you will um, turn your camera on and come to this stage. How are you? Uh, I'm fighting a cold, but I actually feel great. So thank you for having me. <laughs> good, good. I'm so glad you're here. And um, you were the fan favorite winner at the Ignite Off, right? Um, so how does it feel to, first of all, be the fan favorite yeah. <laughs> in the entire competition? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was exciting. It, it was, I have always been uneasy about presenting and I naturally talk fast so it was really great challenge to to slow it down so when I saw the fruits of my labor when I told that happened about winning I was I was very excited I was thrilled <laughs> awesome awesome so um tell me a little bit if you will about your O'Rice fellowship your you're an O'Rice fellow at the CDC talk yeah. about the the emphasis of your research Yes. So, I mean, we're, we just experienced a pandemic and one of the key features that we were, we were telling the community was that we need to keep our hands clean. That's been something we've learned since we've been children. Um, and so we focused on vulnerable populations and we found out that was young adults, adult men and Spanish speakers. So we really wanted to hone in our current hand hygiene methods testing 
and then how we could mold those better so that they understood why hand hygiene was important and then what they could do to improve it if there were any gaps of understanding um, in terms of hand sanitizing or hand washing. That sounds like, given what we've just been through, sounds like a really important and obviously very germane topic, but really important <laughs> in this day and age when, you know, it, it feels like the whole world is saying, you know, another another pandemic is, you know, happening somewhere mm-hmm. so at some point, right? Yes. Important to um, do what you can to protect yourself and others. Right, right. And it's important to to be able to communicate that to other people, mm-hmm. right? So, um, I want to talk about the, um, basically your trajectory, the kind of the same question that I talked about with Amanda. Um, was your love of science, was that fostered as a kid later in your life? What, where did that come from? So it was... Something I explore as a child, but I I would do little experiments around the house with my Barbie dolls, (laughs) with my sister. (laughs) But it wasn't until my senior year of high school, I had a track coach who had shared information about a forensic pathologist. And I was like, I'll go shadow her. Why not? It seems cool. Um, So I went to the Georgia Bureau of Investigation and ended up loving it. And I was like, I I naturally have so many questions. I'm curious. And I was like, okay, so this is the human body. Um, It tells you so much more beyond just like the basics. So I was like, okay, okay. Science seems to be the route that I am. I'm gearing more towards because originally I was focused more on like history and I kind of had science on the side, like, oh, this is what I do in my free time. So then from Right there, senior year of high school, is kind of kept going on and exploring all that science has to offer. Wow. Um, and I'm imagining with the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, like your trajectory could have been true crime solver, right? <laughs> 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 but that's not the direction you went. Um, and then tell me, if you will, you know, where where did you go to school? You Where you've done your undergrad? You know, all of those all of those things. Yes. So I did my undergrad at the University of Georgia and I specialized in biological science and global health. And that's where I first started to learn about public health and then kind of blending public health and more of medicine together. And I was like, this is interesting. And I still wanted to explore more of public health. So then I went to Temple University and that's where I did my master of public health and epidemiology. And there were a lot of opportunities to explore the different aspects of epidemiology. And I got to intern at the medical examiner's office in Philadelphia. So you see, there's a trend. There is a trend. <laughs> where I I like towards, but I do want to prevent <laughs> death. I, I, I promise I'm not advocating <laughs> for it. But um, yeah, so that's, that's where I went after undergrad and then shortly after the pandemic started and then I started my fellowship here with CDC. Wow so were you were you at the CDC during the pandemic then or after? Yes so so I graduated in what was August of 2020 and then shortly after my fellowship began yes. Gotcha so kind of all smack in the middle of of all that. (laughs) (laughs) So you were busy out of the gate basically. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, are there, I, I'm assuming that there are mentors at the CDC now, you know, other, you've mentioned your track coach, other folks who have, um, you know, helped you along the way. Talk about who some of those folks are. 
Yes. So what I appreciate most about them is that I never had one mentor. I had a team of mentors who have been with me through different stages of life. And when I had questions and I I expressed interest in something that wasn't exactly my direct path, they would explore Mm -hmm. it. So it was nothing was ever off limits. So I was appreciated. They nurtured those, those desires and those interests. Cause that's how I got into public health. So, um, yeah, so mentors, they're great. Um, they listen to you and they also can offer such great advice for where they've been and what they've seen as well. Sure. Um, and I know, you know, representation matters. Um, are there particular scientists that you emulated, um, it sounds to me like you're forging your own, you have forged your own path, not necessarily following in someone else's footsteps, but just wanted to check in on that. Cause I know, you know, um, there are not, <laughs> the number of scientists of color is not as big, right. Mm-hmm. As the population, right. Yes. It's a great question. Um, there are definitely people I've seen that look like me that have inspired me. Their names right this second. I'm blanking. Sure, um, sure. <laughs> Yeah. I know I put you on the spot like hey <laughs> it's fine <laughs> give me it's some fine. names <laughs> but a lot of um a lot of my drive has come in, has come from personal experience um okay. my interactions with doctors um and then even when searching for a physician having trouble connecting with someone who either looked like me or could understand why I made certain decisions about my health so I was like I want to be able to do that to someone else when I when I get older so that was a lot of my motivation for for um, continuing my path. So yes, there were people who didn't influence me, but I am really blanking right now. Oh goodness. That's okay, that's okay. <laughs> um, but no, I think, I mean, I think what you said is important. Um, you know, you wanna go to a doctor who looks like you, who understands, you know, the challenges or, or has been, you can see has been in your shoes um, mm-hmm. to understand what your needs might be, what your questions might be. Um, so, you know, not to belabor the point, but I just, I think that's important. And um, I just, I appreciate that. And I love um, seeing more representation and diversity in science because it just, it matters to, you know, every, we can't make public healthy, you know, for everyone if everyone's not represented, right? So basically is the upshot of all that. Um, Have you had the opportunity to mentor other people? Yes, uh, I actually got to, well, I'm older sister. So I naturally have my younger siblings that I mentor. But um, I got to actually start during undergrad and it might, it would normally happen kind of naturally. I'd meet someone who might be having the same major as me and I'd offer a little bit of advice here and there. And that's how it started originally. Then it came to certain organizations that had mentorships and I kind of just adopted (laughs) some mentees and I just, yeah, I still talk to most of them to this day. And then it's never, I I wouldn't say I officially put like a title, like I'm your mentor, talk to me as a mentor. It's more of like, I'm your friend. I've, I've already have paved the way somewhat. So you have advice or if you have questions, I would love to be able to help because sometimes my mentees have given me great advice. So I, okay. <laughs> I think it works really well, but yes. So, um, mentor. So like truly collaborative, like yes, you're, you're sharing, they're sharing. Um, 
talk more, if you would, about collaboration, because I know particularly in public health, I have a, I have a bit of a public health background myself. So um, I worked for the public health department here for a couple of years. Um, nobody works really in a silo, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Especially when it comes to communicating important messaging, um, you know, and then get, translating the research and the and the things that we know, um, whether it's pandemic related or other health issues. Talk about what it's like to be in the collaborative collaborative environment of the CDC. Yeah. So there are so many experts at the CDC, and. Every, I feel like every field offers so much um, from their from their respective place. And also they're able to broaden and hone your skill set at the same time. Mm-hmm. I started in infectious disease epidemiology and I am working currently on behavioral epidemiology. And I've been able to take some bits of infectious disease, but I've also worked with people who, who are in environmental health. And I've learned so much from them in this process. So collaboration, I, I think... Yeah, it works both ways. You can you can give and take at the same time, but it's I feel like it's necessary to do for our work that we do. Absolutely. Um, are there some area particular challenges that you faced um, in your career or obstacles that you've had to overcome to get to where you are today? <laughs> I think one of the hardest challenges is that life isn't always, like your pathway isn't always as straight and narrow as you would like it to be. Mm-hmm. You can have a certain plan and you can go left, go right. And you may end up in the original destination, but there are journeys that you take to get there. And I was very stuck on just going that straight and narrow. Okay. So learning how to embrace those different journeys to get to where I am, like I was set on medicine and I got to experience more of public health and give back to the world the community through that process. And I mean, if we're going back to like my biological science degree, organic chemistry definitely challenged me. Anyone that's taken that will know. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I hear heads shaking all over the... <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I think another challenge that I've had to encounter is being an advocate for myself. Um, okay. People want to support you, but you have to also acknowledge your worth, speaking for yourself and putting yourself forward, being okay to be uncomfortable to achieve a set goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense. Um, what about on the flip side, successes? Are there particular successes that you can point to or aha moments where you're like, oh, I get that now. I, I, I will assume one of those would be sort of that transition from medicine to, to more public health. Are there yeah. others? Yeah, so I mean, even since um, doing my fellowship, shortly after joining, I had pushed out two, or I worked with the group, and we had published two MWR reports, and that and I was first author for one of them. So that was a really big achievement that um, I'm proud of, <laughs> getting that done so shortly. And I've been able to present at different conferences. I've been able to not accept that I'm shy, and being able to talk to people and share my research and... I guess like make a difference, but that it has been really fun to see something I put a lot of work into change or improve someone's life. So I've seen that in many aspects in my personal life, my professional life. Um, even during the pandemic, I was able to jump right in from my MPH program into serving my church 
Um, so I go to predominantly black church. And at the time, there's a lot of fear. People don't really understand pandemics or um, the common terminology. So I was able to explain to them certain terminology, facts and myths that were going on. And I was able to set up a program where we were able to reduce the risk of transmission. So we were able to come back to a semi-normal um, state even during the pandemic. So like, that was a really big achievement that I am so proud of. That's awesome. So having influence in mm-hmm. basically the world that you live in every day. Yes. I love that. Um, Samaria, so if you would, if you'll hang on, I will bring you back in a few minutes. We'll do some round robins, but I want to bring to the stage um, Maddie Addis, who was our second place winner in the Ignite Off. Madeline Addis, how are you? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks. Good. I know you just got out of class. So yes. <laughs> thank you. You know, um, life happens, right? So <laughs> yes. I'm so glad yeah. you were able to join us. Um, yeah, me too. Basically straight from class. Um, and you are an ORIS participant at DOE in the Office of Energy Efficiency and Renewable Energy, um, the Advanced Materials and Manufacturing Technology Office. That's a lot. Yes. It is a lot. <laughs> that's a lot, but that's where you are. Um, yes. First of all, congratulations on being the second place winner of Thank the Ignite you. Off. If you would, tell me a little bit about the presentation that you gave. Yeah, so I did a presentation focusing on the sustainability of battery technologies. Um, my research this summer focused on um, alternative battery materials for battery anode applications. Um, and so in my presentation, I wanted to highlight that, but also just in general highlight like what the state of batteries are. Um, There's definitely uh, a lot to cover in the world of batteries, but I wanted to focus on um, how batteries are super important to the energy transition, but they also have a lot of social and environmental impacts um, that need to be recognized and um, further research to improve them. And so that's um, one thing that I wanted to highlight and then um, tie that into the research that I was doing as well. Awesome. So, um, Maddie, have you, I, I know the energy transition is important. It's a huge issue, um, you know, renewables and, and um, more sustainable, you know, energy sources. Has that always been an, an important issue for you? Or how did you arrive at, um, I guess, where you are in terms of like your interest in science, your interest in um, energy in general? Yeah, so I would say for a long time, I've definitely been interested in renewable energy and sustainability in general. Um, During high school, I definitely fostered that um, passion and have continued that into my college education now. Um, I'm studying chemical engineering and I wanted to go into chemical engineering because I wanted to be um, working in renewable energy and sustainability, but on the research side and not on like a remediation side. Mm. Um, and so it's definitely with my passion for sustainability, renewable energy kind of just fits right into that. Um, and then battery technologies being a, a sector of renewable energy really fit the bill for, for aligning with my interests. Was there um, a particular moment in your in your life, in your childhood you know where you sort of went oh renewable energy like this is this is so important to me that i i want to do more you know i want to do something about this tell me what that moment was like 
Yeah, that's a great question. I I don't know that I could pinpoint it to one moment. I think that as I learned more about the climate crisis and um, just thought about not only how it would affect my life, but how it would and is affecting the lives of um, people around the world. Um, definitely like my passion for like conservation stems from a passion for just like helping others in general. And I feel like um, there won't be anybody to help if we don't solve the climate crisis. So um, kind of in turn helping, helping others by um, helping preserve our climate and um, battle the effects of climate change that are um, present and imminent as well. Gotcha. Um, Because really it is an important issue. I mean, we've seen Mm -hmm. just, you know, this summer, the, the, you know the, yeah. the heat levels being so high that you know exactly it's it's very concerning when you hear people say oh this is the coolest summer we're gonna have you know mm-hmm, <laughs> we're never gonna mm-hmm. have and it's you know hot as all get out um talk to me if you would about your um your educational path like where you know where you did your undergrad your grad you know all of if you would just a little bit about that Yeah, absolutely. So I'm currently studying at Colorado School of Mines. Um, I'm studying chemical engineering here um, with a focus in sustainable energy. And then um, I'm on track to graduate next December. So December 2024. Um, And from there, I'll be um, my plan for next fall is to be applying to graduate programs um, somewhere in the realm of energy, engineering and sustainability. Not exactly sure where I'll go or what program I'll be focusing on yet. But I definitely know that I want to stay in the realm of um, sustainability and energy. Um, but yeah, so I'm just a, a fourth year undergrad student right now. <laughs> I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, but still, I, I'm wondering, um, you know, even as an undergrad, are there obstacles that you had to overcome to get to where you are and what those obstacles might look like? Yeah. So I definitely say one obstacle that's, um, pretty common I suppose at my school is um like some imposter phenomena like questioning like am I smart enough to be here like Mm. do I belong another or something that's interesting about Colorado School of Mines is there's a um a gender ratio of like 70 to 30 male to female um and so there's definitely some times that I'm in a class and I'm like wow there's only like three other girls in this class um and that definitely like puts a damper um on my confidence like I feel I feel much more confident now but like as a younger undergraduate student I was often like do I even belong here like I don't know what the professor is even talking about um so things like that have definitely been challenging and um just I've had to build up confidence in myself and remind myself why I'm studying this and what my goals are has definitely helped me um carry on and and push through all the challenges um, I, I want to talk a little bit more about that because, um, you know, I know imposter syndrome certainly can be a real thing. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I guess what would you say to, to younger you, you know, knowing what you know today, what would you say mm-hmm. to younger Maddie or to other young women who might follow in your footsteps? I mean, knowing that you're in a school where it's, you know, seven, seven to three, you know, mm-hmm. um, 70, 70, 30, um, male to female ratio. Um, what would you tell other women about following your trajectory, following your path? Yeah, I think it's important to remember that 
everyone is struggling, even if they don't like seem like they're struggling. Um, especially in high school, I think a lot of people um, can like get by without even studying, but college is a bit different. Um, so everyone is having to work um, work toward um, like that next exam or the homework assignment or things like that. Um, and just rem- remembering and I think um, communicating with other people, especially other women that um, might be going through the same struggles that you're going through can be really validating. Um, and just remind yourself that um, you're not going through this alone um, and that not to dismiss your struggles, like everyone's struggling, like, mm-hmm. um, but that it's like validating that everyone is going, going through these struggles and that um, you can get through it together. It's definitely a common theme on campus in general that we're all struggling together. We can do it. <laughs> Awesome. Um, what about successes, Maddie? Have there been particular moments where, you know, you you just know, like, this validates where I'm headed or, um, yeah, this is this is what I want, definitely want to do or, you know, some, you know, major success you've had, small, large, um, you know, talk about what that looks like. Yeah, absolutely. So I think... Um securing the internship that I did at the National Renewable Energy Lab this summer was definitely a big accomplishment. Um, the previous summer, um, I had applied to some internships at NREL and didn't end up getting any of them. And so I was a bit discouraged. Um, but then I put myself back out there this summer um, and was able to secure one. And the moment that I got the email that was like, congratulations, you got this internship. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is what I've been working for. Um, and then going into the experience, um, it was so exciting to be exposed to the world of um, research in a different way than I had been exposed to it before. Um, and throughout the summer, I just felt more and more confident, like research and development is what I want to go into. And like, I want to study this field. Um, so it's definitely, it felt like a personal success, I suppose. And oh, yeah. um validating where I um where I was at and what I was studying and that this is what I wanted to do amazing I love it and I love the <laughs> I love you know um being able to to find your confidence and be able to keep pushing forward is so important for Absolutely. all of us but you know for sure um you're in a mentored experience um talk about your mentor and what that's like and why mentorship is so important yeah, so this summer um, I worked with a researcher at Enroll, Brian Donahoe. Um, he was my primary mentor. I also worked with Mark Nimlos, but he was kind of like a secondary mentor. Okay. Um, but with Brian, um, I definitely looked to him for a lot of guidance in what I was doing. Um, like there was definitely a lot of like formal guidance. Like I was working with microscopes, so he had to train me on the microscopes. Okay. So it was definitely like a very literal guidance experience. Um, but then beyond that, like in my, um, like formulating my Ignite Talk presentation or making presentations for um, for the internship in general, he was definitely there to um, help me with that and make sure that um, I understood what I was doing and also that I was presenting everything in an understandable way. Um, it's also there to encourage me and like, um, cause there was definitely quite a few days where I was like, what do I do? I didn't like, my microscope is broken. I don't know what steps to do. <laughs> um, uh, so he would encourage me to like, um, try to find, um, other research papers, like look at research papers or work on my presentations, um, things like that. It was helpful to 
have somebody there to be like, yes, I understand that there's not much to do right now. <laughs> um, right. But that, uh, that there's still things that I could be working on. So that, that was always, that was definitely very helpful. And so he was always very encouraging. <laughs> awesome. Um, and I know, you know, you're, you're in a collaborative environment. So other researchers are working on other topics that maybe mm-hmm. yours, but you're still learning from each other. Absolutely. Um, talk about that as well. Yeah, that was something that I didn't expect to gain out of my internship experience this summer um, was just how much I learned, I guess, about mm-hmm. all of the stuff not only going on at NREL, but specifically in the building that I was working in. Um, since I was doing microscopy, I was very like down the line of the project that we were working on, looking at um, the samples that had already been made under microscope. But I knew um, other interns who were on the front line of the project working on making the samples that I was going to be looking at. Um, And so it was really, really cool to see um, the collaboration that exists within the lab itself to um, like that, there's people making the samples, um, going through like the catalysis processes and um, formulating all of um, the substances that we were going to be testing eventually. Cause I would look at them, but then there's other people down the line that would be testing them once we know like what samples um, have good characteristics to be tested in a battery anode, things like that. Um, so it was really fun to see like the collaboration across the process of research in general. And you really were working together because you needed mm-hmm. You needed the product from the other folks in the lab exactly to do, to do your part in the mm-hmm. in the research process, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I know you're looking ahead to graduates graduating in graduate school. Mm-hmm. Maddie, where do you see yourself in in five, ten years down the road? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, one that I consider frequently. <laughs> um, <laughs> Five years, I imagine I'll probably still be in grad school. Um, but my hope is, my hope is uh, post-graduating grad school that I'll be um, in some sort of um, research position that really is making an impact um, with regards to like environmental conservation, like researching innovative solutions or um, directly helping people um, who are experiencing the effects of climate change. Um, not quite sure if I want to go into academia or into the world of national lab research um, or like corporate research too. There's so many options, um, but I definitely, my like goal, my career goal, my career aspirations is just to help contribute to the efforts that are um, working to reduce the effects of climate change. Awesome. And so it sounds like the door is wide open. Oh yeah. There's so many in doors. Terms of, <laughs> in terms of where you might be headed. Absolutely. Um, Maddie, thank you so much. I'd like to bring Samaria and Amanda back to the stage and do a couple of round robins. So um, Amanda and Samaria, I want to ask you the same question that I just asked Maddie. Um, Where do you see yourself in five years? Amanda, I'll start with you. So I would like to get a position either at a research institute or at a university where I could continue doing research as a senior scientist, like leading a research project in agriculture, in plant science, which is what I what I do. And uh, I would like to have a position where I could also teach. So maybe a professor in a university, because I, I like teaching classes. And like I said, I like teaching students as well. So I see myself 
taking a professor position too. So, how about you, Samarian? Uh, I'm trying to figure that out right this second, actually. Okay. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> that, that's the question. That's the question. <laughs> um, at the moment, it, I still do have an interest in medicine. So five years from now, maybe I'm completing my medical degree and coming back as an EIS officer. Um, okay. It's kind of up in the air. Yeah. So I'm taking it day by day, looking for guidance and... We'll see. You'll see me again. Okay, okay. <laughs> that's fair. I, I'll take that. Um, so it does not escape me that I'm talking to three women in science. Um, women in STEM is very important, especially when we're looking at younger people, you know, high school, middle school students. Um, what would what would each of you say to um, the young girls who might be looking at you and saying, you know, wow, you know, Amanda's doing this and Samaria's doing, you know, like, what would you tell, what would you tell a young girl who might be looking at you for career advice, school advice, whatever that might look like? What would, what would you say? Amanda, I'll start with you. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's very important. And uh, I guess I would say, the first thing I would say is like, you can pursue everything you want and uh don't don't let anyone say otherwise and you can like choose whatever uh area you want because i feel that there are many people who limits women that they can't go to math or i feel like especially programming because like for me and biology i do a lot of bioinformatics and i feel like some people Many people have this idea, I guess, uh, that the programming, computer science, math is a male thing. And that sometimes limits uh, young girls that are pursuing this career. So, yeah, I guess like, don't let that limit you. Okay. Maddie, how about you? Yeah, to echo to echo that, I would definitely um, just encourage everyone to, especially like young girls, to reach for the stars, um, uh, to go after what you're passionate about, um, and don't let anyone stand in your way. Um, and even through like the struggles, just um, keep your keep your goals at the forefront of your mind, and um, constantly remind yourself what you're working toward. And um, I think mentorship can also be really important in that having someone. Um, someone in the field that you're wanting to pursue um, who's doing like breaking down barriers just like you're going to throughout your path I think that it's really important to to know people like that and if you don't know anyone like that to be that person oh I like that that (laughs) Um, Samaria how about you they kind of already wrapped it up but basically (laughs) I would I would say the only boundaries that exist are the ones you put on yourself. So if you want to do it, keep moving. And there really is no time limit on when to get things done. If you want to do X, Y, and Z on one, two, three, do it. It doesn't have to happen all at once, but there's right, a desire right, right. to keep going. <laughs> and for all three of you, it sounds like like keep your options open. Like you don't have to have a well-defined path you can, you know, be open to, you know, the universe, to something you might learn that will 
maybe redirect you a little bit because um, it sounds like each of you have had that moment where you're like, I think I'm doing this. And then, you know, something comes along and, and sort of changes that a little bit, which I love. Um, so, you know, I think being open to the possibilities is awesome, which I've, I've heard from all three of you. So um, we have a question in the chat that I think is interesting. Um, and I think it's a question that maybe both internal and external, how do you work with perfectionism? Um, so, so Mary, do you want to take that first? Oh, wow. Um, still working with that. Uh, be patient with yourself. And I would, I would ask yourself, what is it you want? What do you achieve from being perfect? Because I would say recovering, I don't know, I'm a, I'm a perfectionist at times. And Did I hear recovering perfectionist? Yeah, <laughs> recovering. <laughs> um, I've had some of my greatest experiences and like learning experiences in a mistake. So don't be afraid of them. I think it's great to have plans written out. My mom always told me, have a plan, but write in pencil. So if you make a mistake, just erase it, keep it moving. And now you know that does not work. So perfectionism is- Can I, can I dig into that a little bit? Talk about a mistake that you like, yes. whether it's specific or general, but a mistake that you were like, oh my gosh, you know. Uh, a mistake. <laughs> um, <laughs> a and if there isn't one that's okay but. oh no I've, I've made mistakes I'm, I'm thinking of, <laughs> of a good one to use um, I think what I would con consider like a mistake is timing of when I do things um, at first I was telling myself go straight into medical school right after my bachelor's degree and I took time off to go to my MPH and I always, for a while, I was asking myself, was that a mistake? Was that a mistake? But I feel like I've mm. gained skills and experiences that I would have never gotten had I gone straight to medicine. Um, and I've been able to serve in the process. So I think perfectionism sounds noble, but it limits you. Gotcha. I like that. Um, Amanda, same question for you. How do you deal with perfectionism? Well, <laughs> I think it is one, one of the things I think... Well, she said a lot of uh, that I, you're going to make mistakes, right? <laughs> that, that's no one is perfect and uh, you learn from them. That's, that's the point. It's like learning from your mistakes. And uh, I guess it is a process. I think when I started as a young student, I struggled with that more than now. So you, you by experience, by doing, and by, I guess, watching our own progress, like, mm -hmm. oh, the things that, mistakes that I used to make, and I, like, I don't anymore, like, I, I make another types of mistakes. Right. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> and, does, and it sounds like you don't freak out about them anymore, Maddie. Does that ring true for you as well? Yeah, I would definitely say that I've learned to, to, be okay with like failing and having a growth mindset about it like um yeah. like both of them have said like learning from the experiences that don't go the way that you plan um and I think I've also learned to just um to recognize like not that there's like a time and place for perfectionism but there is a time for like extreme attention to detail 
And then there are times yeah. when you don't need something to be to the level that you might want it to be like on a homework assignment, something like that, where you're going to spend more hours than you probably should getting this problem exactly right when you could just um, submit what you have and um, and you're still going to succeed. Yeah, <laughs> <Right>. yeah exactly. <laughs> um, so last question, ladies, um, and I'm, this will be round robin for everyone, but what brings you joy? And Maddie, I'm going to start with you. What brings you joy? Um, I think something that um, constantly brings me joy is just like potential in the world, opportunities for the future. Um, whenever I think about the world of opportunities that is in front of me, it makes me super excited and joyful. And um, especially in times when I'm uh, kind of maybe down down a bit or down in the dump, um, just reminding myself that there's a world of possibilities um, that are waiting for me and um, will be at my fingertips if I continue on the path that I'm on and I'll be able to make the difference that I want to make just like that. Hope for the future is super encouraging. Awesome. Amanda? I think uh, learning a new thing, whether it is science or not, when I learn a new skill, you know, that brings me joy. I want, I love doing um, art projects in my spare time. So when I learn a new art technique, that also brings me joy. When I find out something in this word that I had no idea about it, you know, <laughs> a new skill, a new, I, I don't know, a new knowledge. I think awesome. that brings me joy. So what kind of art do you create? Uh, I like doing lettering, you know, when you draw letters, uh -huh. sure, phrases. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I like that. Yeah. And Samaria, same question for you. What brings you joy? So, as a planner, what brings me joy is really just living in my God designed purpose at a specific season. I always want things to kind of go my way but being able to enjoy every season that i'm in what i can learn from it what i can give um in the season and just being able to embrace those and being open to being in awe so like i didn't plan on learning how to do ballroom dancing but because i was open to a new opportunity i was able to teach that i was able to gain confidence in my body and just just being yeah being open to, to living in your actual purpose that's designed for me so yes that brings me joy. I love this. I love all of those answers. Ladies, thank you so much for taking the time today to um, spend with me, talk about your um, Ignite Off presentations. Amanda Finelli, Maddie Addis, and Samaria Estrella, thank you so very much for your time. And thank you to everyone who is watching and or listening, if you're listening to the Orise Future Cast. Um, really appreciate it. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the O-Rise Feature Cast. To learn more about the Oak Ridge Institute for Science and Education, visit orise.orau.gov or find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at O-Rise Connect. If you like the O-Rise Feature Cast, give us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. The Oak Ridge Institute for Science and Education is managed by ORAU for the U.S. Department of Energy.